For those of you who want a free bottle of Masszymes, digestive enzymes, listen up. I'm going to hook you up. If you feel like you're doing all the right things, yet you're still struggling with digestive issues like gas, bloating, or cramping, digestive enzymes is a great first place to start. Masszymes from Bioptimizers is a 17-enzyme full-spectrum formula with five different kinds of protease, which is the enzyme that is the catalyst for the breakdown of protein. And undigested proteins can cause a lot of gut dysfunction. So while you're working on the root causes, taking digestive enzymes can help relieve symptoms. To get your free bottle of Masszymes, there is no catch to this, just go to masszymes.com forward slash wellfed free. There you'll automatically get access to a coupon code that will zero out the cost of the bottle of Masszymes and you will have to pay shipping, but that's it. Again, it's Masszymes, M-A-S-S-Z-Y-M-E-S.com forward slash wellfed free, all one word. There is a limited supply and it's limit one per household, so I would jump on it. Again, that's masszymes.com forward slash wellfedfree. You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome, friends, to the Well-Fed Women podcast. We are so happy that you are here. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. My website is coconutsandkettlebells.com, and there you will find all of the show notes and the episodes that we've done in the past, all the topics categorized perfectly and beautifully. Just go to coconutsandkettlebells.com, click on podcast at the top. Um, I also have recipes and articles. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer, and I'm here with my co-host of seven years, Stephanie Ruper, who is a PhD and author of Sexy by Nature. She's also the founder of Paleo for Women, now turned health to empower.com. Today, our topics will include men's hormonal issues, natural remedies for acid reflux and what might be going on with that, tips for finding practitioners who will actually work with you and not brush you off. And we'll round it out with a little traveling and eating out as you know, people who are interested in health and or living with chronic health conditions. Hi, Stephanie. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Hey. Great. I just woke up. How many hours have you been up doing stuff? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm actually, I'm not waking up too early these days. It's it's around six, which I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. It's really bright, you know, at 6 a.m. It's hard to go back to sleep. I I woke up a little bit before 6, but I was like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to do the day right now. So, Mm. um, yeah, it's not too early. I'm probably going to have to, like I've mentioned before, I'm going to have to start getting up pretty early when school starts. But, um, yeah, that's just where I'm at right now. And I did kind of kick my husband out of the garage gym that we have so that I could get a workout in before my son woke up at seven. Mm. I was like, are you doing this whole, cause we have, you know, we still use the Peloton app guys still love it. It's, it's really been, it's been really helpful for me. It's been fun to engage with other people and other trainers and to check out myself and just somebody else tell me what to do. 
And he was like on a ride and I was about to get started and he had like 20 minutes left of it. And I was like, are you going to do this whole thing? (laughs) 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 That's that's my, are you reading in between the lines? He was like, no, 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 I'm not. And then he was like, I'm not feeling this anyway. You can go. I'm like, oh, okay, right. Good answer. So So I I did a, a little ride this morning and then my, you know, my kids are up and ready to go at <laughs> butt crack a ton. They're, they're, um, you know, lots of energy. So what time, like, what time are you going to sleep and waking up now? Because it it's interesting. You had this life shift of, oh, I've got to get up in the morning and work, but then you were also still trying to dance late. But from what I see on your Instagram, you're still dancing late. So yeah, that, um, that was a balance. That was uh-huh. a time. Yeah. That was a time. <laughs> okay. That was a time. Now is a now is the time. I'm in the funny period where me and everybody I know is like, remember that brief period where you had a job? I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, uh, from which I learned many things and in which I grew in many ways. Uh, when am I going to bed? Uh, well, it's uh, <laughs> uh, since I'm traveling, going to be traveling in, in, a, in a minute. Uh, I'm not being super careful about like trying to make sure what it is. And I love staying up late and working too. So it's not just mm-hmm. dancing. It's also working, but I also love waking up early and working anyway about right now. I'm doing about like on a normal day, like one to nine, one to eight, one to nine, mm-hmm. um, on average, but I'll, I'll swing an hour or two in, in either direction. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, mm-hmm. but, uh, that's the, uh, wow. I love that. No alarm life, you know? Yes, I, really I will say it. I will say that is that has been a very nice thing about just being a little bit more flexible with work, because I think, you know, before when we were when millennials were growing up, all we knew <laughs> of work was you going into an office. And now that's right. just changed completely because of 2020, but also the Internet and just the the how we work has changed. Can you imagine? I remember I, I, I was watching something about the internet and I, I, <laughs> the, I had the dumbest questions, but I was like, oh my gosh, like to actually get business done, you couldn't like send a quick email to somebody. You had to either call them or send a letter. And also like, how are we calculating things? Like we're actually using paper and calculators and just like blew my mind the efficiency <laughs> like 30 40 it's years nuts. ago. Isn't I was doing crazy? a crossword I was doing a crossword puzzle with my parents recently and there was something about um like an email function and I was like, "Oh, that's CC obviously." And my mom was like, "Oh, okay. Well, but it could have been any letter." I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "Well, you know that we used to carbon copy people with actual carbon copies." <laughs> and I was like, no. And she's like, yeah, you made another copy and you wrote CC on it and then you gave it to the other person. And my mind was just like, obviously, I didn't know but that. also, you know, <laughs> well, I yeah, thought- obviously, but then you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, not Crazy. that long ago. And it's just it's radically different. Um, And so many people I know, I, I think I've talked about this recently, but like the work, a lot of the emotional work that a lot of us are having to do right now is about setting boundaries. And that's because, mm-hmm. you know, our world has exploded in a way that was like completely boundaryless. We weren't prepared for it 
You know, we never had to mm-hmm. do it before because you had to get a carbon copy in the mail. Mm-hmm. Like you had to wait. You had to sit on your porch and wait for it. You know, it really um, wasn't that long ago. If you think about it, like this is the world that 10 was. Years, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the world we grew up in. So, you know, you have this idea of like, oh, I'm going to go to an office and work. And it's just not it's not that way anymore, which there's there's these huge benefits to that. There's also massive downsides, Mm -hmm. obviously. But, you know, and we've talked about that. But for me, it's been really nice to not have to set an alarm. And honestly, now when I unfortunately, when I have to set an alarm, I get a little bit antsy and I have a hard time Mm, sleeping. So I get super antsy. Not (laughs) good things. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. I mean, and for some people, you know, you lay down, you wake up, you set an alarm for like whenever and it it comes very reasonably naturally. Yeah. But when I feel like I like pressure to sleep, Mm -hmm. that makes it harder for me to sleep. Um, And yeah, that's a vicious that's a vicious circle is really important not to be stuck in, um, for which I recommend just like radical acceptance of your, you know, how you feel and trusting that you're going to stay healthy. I think a lot of people not to like veer into some sort of conversation about what people need to do or not. But, um, you know, uh, like it's <laughs> it's just really important to understand that you like there were ebbs and flows in our lives. And if you come into a period where you're wrestling with sleep, like that's OK. You know, like your health isn't going to fall off, a, you know, off a cliff. Your body gets through things and you have other things that you're doing to support yourself. Right. So just like quick word to like anybody else who like struggles with the concept of the alarm or waking up or worry about sleep. It's all OK. I've had horrible struggles with sleep at different points in my life. And I feel I feel great. You know, I feel very confident that this 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 thing is reasonably healthy. So, um yeah, f- anyway. like further worthy- worry and anxiety over the lack of sleep absol- does absolutely nothing. Does so. absolutely nothing. Just yeah. be chill. Just let it be. You know, everything is going to even out. Yeah. The sleep always comes is what some another thing my mother always told me. You know, like it will be it will be back. The sleep always comes. So you just got to be patient. True. That's yeah. true. All right. So let's jump into our first question. This is an interesting question that I thought would um you know, it's a new topic for us, which is men's hormonal issues and testing. I have some just small personal experience with this, but there's also some interesting things to note, specifically low testosterone. It's it's becoming much more popular. So we're going to just unpack that a little bit. This is from Sarah. She says, men's hormonal issues and testing. I know the focus here is on women, of course, but my husband has been struggling lately with what we think are hormonal imbalances. And I'm guessing some of us have husbands, boyfriends, partners who are dealing with similar issues. Ideas for testing, what to ask for, or even just point us in a good direction for more info. Thanks. Yeah, I was actually, as we were loading up the podcast, I was thinking about this and we have this like books and books and books and this whole podcast and all this stuff. And It's always figuring out there's so much of like figuring out what particular hormonal issue you might be going through. Mm. And if you say like, you know, guys, hormonal issues, you're like low T. Does he got low T? What you know? (laughs) Low T. Yeah. Low T. Is that the thing? Right. It's like a thing you talk about, you know, Um, and, the you know, guys might talk about in the locker or whatever. It's like, oh, who's got low T and what are you doing about it? And uh, yeah, you know, I'm not going to say it's that it's quite that simple because it isn't. Um, And Noel, I think, might want to reflect on some more of the complexities. But um, low testosterone is like quite common. Uh, And I think in part because it is like the largest basket. It's quite a large basket into which like hormonal issues fall, right? So um, for 
women, you know, for these systems, uh, there's a lot of different ways, you know, lots of different profiles, lots of different causes, things that can happen. But um, generally speaking, for guys, like low testosterone is is quite common. Um, and it's related to pretty much anything that goes into the bucket of like supporting your health, right? Mm-hmm. Because your hormones are produced. Now, I don't want to say at the end, but there are always these like, you know, chain reactions, not, not quite the correct term, but like these sequential reactions in the body. <laughs> that's better. Um, where and, and like a cascade is often what they're called and hormones play a role in that. And they're not necessarily at the end of them, but they're not at the, at the very front either. And then there's feedback loops. Right. So um, while we have these the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, you know, thyroid, some people throw in there. Um, and we look at the like complexities of how that works for women. It, it is also the same for men, right? There is also this, uh, this axis and it is the brain and the reproductive hormones and the stress hormones. And so the signaling needs to be working and things that can get in the way of the signaling are like primarily inflammation. And the signaling also doesn't necessarily work particularly well if you have low nutrient status, right? So it's a lot of the same things that play a role in um, our hormonal systems, even though I would argue, and I have in fact made an entire career arguing that ours are like just a little bit more delicate or require a little bit more specific um, attention. So when people are struggling with low T, you know, you want to like um, the symptoms, you know, sex drive, erectile dysfunction, mood, concentrating, fatigue, um, sleeping, of course, is factored in there, um, hair loss, um, muscular loss, difficulty with working out, testicular shrinkage, you know, big on that, big on that list, energy, um, and body fat, you know, changes that are kind of inexplicable or what have you don't have other obvious causes. And yeah, these sorts of things like can all like be manifestations, which are, you know, somewhat parallel to what we see in ourselves. And um, ways to approach it are, again, very similar. Uh, I wouldn't We definitely emphasize a lot of like, eat, 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 more, 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 rest, rest, rest. And uh, that may not be quite so necessary (laughs) um, on the guy system, but it's like rest can also be extremely important. Stress is huge, 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 huge for low T and other hormone related issues because it's like a very primary way for the, you know, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal thyroid axis to be. Um, knocked off the rails or to have some sort of disruption. Um, so reducing stress is really big and anything to shore up nutrient status and uh, also reduce inflammation in the body. So that means that we want like a high density, nu- high nutrient density diet, you know, lots of leafy greens. And I would also say like leaning really hard into like the nutritious animal products like uh, liver and organ meats and eggs, um, because those will get you like, you know, your your protein and your fat. Um, Fat is really important for making hormones. You know, if anybody's on a low fat diet or if anybody's um, switched to like a really high fiber, low fat or low animal products diet, like rebalancing those macros, making sure that protein is up to the, you know, um, amounts appropriate uh, to this person's body size. I'm not going to, I'm not going to step into that debate, but like adequate protein, maybe Noel has something to weigh in with on that front. Um, 
and fat and carbs, you know, and uh, reducing inflammation and stress is huge. So I'll just leave it at that blanket recommendation. Um, I'm really excited to hear what Noelle has to say about like the other side of male hormones. Yeah, I think. Other side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, that was a great overview of of low T. I, I think we like learn that kind of stuff, but then it quickly. I don't. I don't know. Just quickly goes. I, I forget it. So it's <laughs> a good air overview. I think for me, one of the things that's in particular that I think that's not focused on a lot is estrogen because balanced estrogen in men. It's it's estrogen isn't like every tissue in the body, and we always think of it as this female hormone, but it really influences everything, a lot of things for men, including sperm production and brain development and libido. So. One of the shifts that starts to happen with men as they age is testosterone levels decline. I think it's like by age 40 or something like that. They fall on average 1% to 2% a year. And this is actually called andropause. So it's kind of like a male menopause where their libido tends to decrease or, you know, their sex drive decreases. Um, But also low levels of estrogen are can be problematic too and they are associated in men are associated with an increased risk of mortality um and it's also associated with like just overall risk of death which can be i mean that's pretty alarming um imbalanced estrogen levels i have been like linked to a lot of things including cardiovascular issues prostate cancer which getting your prostate checked and prostate cancer and prostate, you know, PSI and all that, it's that becomes something to track and a bigger issue as men age, osteoporosis and bone fractures, and then Alzheimer's disease and depression. A couple of things to note here. I estrogen can become an issue for multiple reasons, and estrogen can become imbalanced in multiple ways. One of the ways that estrogen can become imbalanced is we have a lot of, gen- like, we're starting to learn more about genetic SNPs. There's some specific genetic SNPs where estrogen has a hard time being properly detoxified from the body. That is what um, s- some men struggle with. And when, like, your man or a man is is diagnosed with a chronic health condition or libido issues or even like an autoimmune disease. We have just like we do with women, we have to look at all of these underlying root causes. So how is proper how's how's gut function? Um, how is your ability to properly detoxify hormones? Like what's what's the liver doing? Do you have any of these enzyme SNPs that would prevent estrogen from being properly detoxified from the body? So we have to kind of look at all of the same things that we do for women. You can look at that also for men. So here are the, the big causes. And Steph, covered the first one very well, which is chronic inflammation and a poor diet. When I was going through the Nutritional Therapy Association, we talked a lot about low T because it had very strong connection and even just sperm motility and all of this stuff had a very strong connection to nutrient status and diet. And so if you are eating an an inflammatory diet with inflammatory, you know, vegetable oils and it's just high in processed foods and sugar. You're not only going to have metabolic issues, so insulin resistance and all that kind of stuff. You're also going to struggle with like some of these hormonal issues and chronic inf- inflammation. And in particular, 
mineral deficiencies have have been a big cause or can be a big cause of low T. So zinc is really, really important for testosterone, pro- proper testosterone function. So that's a big one. Um, poor gut health is the second biggest cause here, I think, for men's hormonal issues. Scientists have confirmed that the gut's role in hormone metabolism and its influences on the rest of the body. We've, we have so much research on that. So if your gut microbiome is unhealthy, it can, it can impact how much estrogen is circulating in your body. Your liver is what processes estrogen so that it can be excreted through our detoxification processes like in bile and urine and feces. But along the way, certain gut bacteria, so if we have dysbiosis or an overgrowth, that can actually interrupt the process and allow estrogen and estrogen-like molecules to recirculate in the body. So that can throw hormones off as well. Of course, chronic stress, Steph talked about this too, but it's not just a a female thing. Chronic stress greatly impacts male um, health issues and also like men's libido. So high cortisol production. So what are we talking about with chronic stress? What we're really talking about is chronic cortisol production, and that can lead to hormone resistance and hormone issues. So it can impact the pituitary function, which as a result can impact testosterone and sperm count. And they found that chronic stress can actually impact, um, like has, has an inverse relationship with um, sperm count. So when testosterone levels are low, a man's estrogen levels can often be low too. So that's uh, other causes, what trauma, work stress, poor sleep. I think men are really not great at getting good sleep. Um, insulin resistance is another big cause. So that would be really poor blood sugar metabolism. Think of like a really high processed carb uh, or higher sugar diet. Okay, and then toxic overload. So I know we like drive this home a lot here, but if you have exposure to mold, which can happen a lot in work scenarios, um, air quality is poor, poor skincare. Men really don't really care a lot about their skincare, what they're putting on their skin. So a lot of that crap can lead to, sorry, I shouldn't have said crap. A lot of those harmful ingredients can lead to um, toxic overload, exposure to endocrine disruptors, exposure to cleaning products. Um, All of those things um, apply. And what for for resolution, so when my husband was diagnosed with thyroid issues, see, he doesn't have any symptoms, but we found out that he had Hashimoto's. And so we were really trying to get to the root of it and figure out why and what was going on, even though he just had absolutely no symptoms and was, you know, totally fine. So he did a Dutch test. So just like we recommend a Dutch test for women, men can do that as well. It can It can look at cortisol rhythms and adrenal function and estrogen and testosterone and all of that stuff. Also a GI map test. So a GI map test is a gut. It looks, it's a good picture of your gut. And if you have any imbalances in your gut bacteria or overgrowth, and of course you want to work with a qualified practitioner who's able to read these. The best and easiest way to do this is to work with somebody online who is, who is trained in GI map like being able to read those tests and understand what to do with that information. I have interviewed a lot of functional medicine practitioners on here that hopefully you'll, you can be able to connect with. But, um, so for my husband in particular, we found out that he did have a genetic SNP that was 
So he was taking DIM for a while, D-I-M, um, to help reduce some of the estrogen because he had an estrogen imbalance. So we found that on the Dutch test and we did find some stuff in his gut that was causing it. We still haven't been able to get his Hashimoto's antibody, like antibodies under control, his numbers. So we're kind of just going with the flow at the moment. He still does take um, thyroid hormone, but like we cannot really we've done so much different stuff with the functional medicine practitioner and we just can't quite figure out what exactly is going on but he is asymptomatic and has been able to really figure out what works for him digestive bitters has been really helpful because of his thyroid issues he has a little bit of slower gut function um and he doesn't really eat nuts he does not eat corn anymore so we've figured out things and of course gluten but we figured out things that tend to cause digestive issues for him or and thyroid issues are really in his like everybody in his family has thyroid issues so it's not out of the ordinary didn't just happen out of nowhere but we're just trying to think and i mean let's be honest my husband before he met me was exposed to a lot so i'm just not you know it's just you can't always undo everything you can't you can't always do undo everything and that's okay and you just kind of have to move forward with how can we improve and optimize your health now with the situation that you know with the knowledge that we have now so you can get those tests ideally it's about reducing stress improving like your diet and making sure it's mineral rich um, improving blood sugar metabolism avoiding endocrine disruptors plastics parabens phylates in your skincare your shaving cream all that stuff lifting more i will make the note here that lifting improves testosterone lift weights. It's good for you. Uh, heal, heal your gut, support detoxification. You can look and see if there's a possible genetic mutation. Um, yeah. Okay. That's all I got. Anything else from you? No, I thought that was great. I am so excited to share 20% off my favorite adaptogen blends with you. Research shows adaptogens can balance cortisol, combat fatigue, enhance focus, ease depression and anxiety, and support proper hormone function. The more I researched this, the more I realized the easiest and best way to enjoy adaptogens is with superfood blends that can be added to water. I found Organifi and now I love it. Organifi has an amazing little thing called Red Juice that is a red berry antioxidant blend that has cordyceps, rhodiola, and reishi. Cordyceps boosts energy, immunity, and stamina. I drink it during every podcast recording now. And when I'm stressed out and not sleeping well, I take green juice mid-morning. And guys, I finish every day now with either gold or gold chocolate. So this is a mixture of reishi and calming adaptogens and turmeric. It's either, it's kind of like a hot chocolate or like a turmeric warm drink at the end of the night. You just mix it with warm water and it has helped me so much. It's way more effective than the sleepy tea I was drinking. So they're both the same drink, just different flavors, gold or gold chocolate. I love it. I've totally fallen in love with Organifi. All their superfood adaptogen blends are 100% certified organic. They have high quality ingredients. They are free of fillers and they taste really good while also providing a clinical and effective dose of adaptogens. You can support your body energy immunity and stress with Organifi. Organifi takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to Organifi.com forward slash wellfed. Our code wellfed will get you 20% off, which is a awesome discount. Organifi, so that's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com 
forward slash wellfed. Go to that link. Use our code wellfed for 20% off. All right. Question number two. Question number two is from Katie Arnold. She says, can you talk about acid reflux? Do you have any experience with this stuff? You know what's interesting? So I was I was actually just looking at the question and thinking, what could I say on this that would be adding? And I could explain acid reflux, but Noelle is, I do, uh, I do defer to her expertise on uh, stomach, on the digestive tract uh, more than mine. But here I decided I would share a fun fact. So it's funny you asked. Mm. Um, I was on proton pump inhibitors for about six months. Really? Yeah. Or something like that. I actually don't. I took Prilosec. Yes. That a, mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> deferring to Noelle's expertise. Um, <laughs> when I was 17, which wow. is now 15 years, 16 years ago. So, um, yeah, it's very interesting what happened to me. So that was the year that I was like applying to college and that was quite stressful. And the day after I got all of my like responses to my, because they all come on the same exact day or they did for me. They all came on the same day. And the day afterwards, I felt like really sick, like really just like sick. And I ended up spending most of that month out of school because I, I just, I felt sick and I had no idea. I knew none of this stuff back then. And it's actually, it's a part of, I, I don't think about it very actively, but that experience was very significant for me in terms of like the turnaround I did a few years later when I realized that I could do research about my body and sort of like step into it with a role of stewardship and guardianship and like understand what was happening. Um, I actually, I even, I went to the ER once because I like, I don't know, some doctors, um, I wasn't, I wasn't like that sick, but we thought my digestion was off. They're like, oh, you're constipated. So I was prescribed a bunch of like laxatives and um, heartburn stuff. Like they basically just threw the the shelf at me, you know, Um, and eating most foods upset me. So I stuck to like mostly vegetables, but I had no idea, you know, no idea of all of this different kind of stuff back then. And eventually like six months later, it just kind of faded away. Um, and I went back to whatever habits of eating I had back then, but yeah, I was, um, I was on them and it is like, it was quite uncomfortable to not really, you know, to, to not really know what was going to, you know, set that off when I was eating. I mean, obviously I know what it's like to worry about which foods are going to set me off in different ways, but you know, like I have, yeah, I have struggled with acid reflux and I, I don't think they ever worked really. Yeah. Looking back, do you, what was the root cause? Was it stress or food? I think it was, I think probably what triggered it was stress. And then my, my approach to it afterwards was not helpful, right? Because I got on laxatives and Mm. PPIs and was told to eat a low-fat diet, you know? So ate a bunch of carbs, but then figured out some were okay and some weren't, you know? So uh, I think stress triggered it. And where it's like nowadays, when I have some sort of gut disruption, I I like dial it in and it's it's managed like they're done, mm-hmm. you know, like I know what I got to do. I get my kimchi. Like, <laughs> I have I have steps. Um, and and I it's uh, it is helpful if you start feeling a little bit off to like approach it as early as you can, you know, because stop something before it um, snowballs. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's what I try to do now. If I start feeling things veering, I pause and I'm like, what have I changed? What have I changed? What have I changed? You know, what, what could I be doing? And so. Uh, yeah, generally speaking. 
and it did uh, eventually, I think, just kind of write itself when I went away to college and ate in the cafeteria and just like, you know, adapted. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so acid acid reflux is um, is tough, and I'll I'll hand it over to the resident expert to. Yeah, this is just going to be a quick overview of like some of my thoughts. They're not fully formed and like I don't have all the answers, but I will say, you know, how we look at acid reflux is much different than the conventional view of it, which is you making too much stomach acid or whatever. And so we've got to stop that. We've got to reduce the stomach acid. Whereas when you really look at the root cause, it's actually just worsening the issue or perpetuating the problem. So after acid reflux is when the contents of the stomach, most notably stomach acid, Get up through that sphincter that separates the stomach and the esophagus. So you eat food, it goes down your throat, goes into your esophagus, and then there's an actual sphincter that opens and it lets food down into your stomach but shouldn't let it back up. It's called the LES, the lower esophageal sphincter. So while – and acid reflux is this like, you know – that at its basic form, that's what acid reflux is. There's a much more severe form called GERD, um, G-E-R-D. The general consensus is it's caused by too much stomach acid, but the literature shows that that's really not the case. So the prevailing scientific theory is that it's caused by a dysfunction of that muscular valve, the LES. So this malfunction is really because if you think about it, what would cause that valve to malfunction? What would cause a valve that's supposed to only let something down now let something up? And it's pressure, interabdominal pressure. So when we're eating, if we are eating foods and it's not being properly digested, think of things like um, short chain carbohydrates or just like you eat something and it's not really being digested well. And now that starts to ferment, you get bloating, and now that pressure is pushing against the sphincter, and it's actually, that's what starts to push the stomach contents, including stomach acid, through that sphincter back up into your esophagus, which that's going to burn. It's obviously not your heart. You know, it's also called heartburn. Um, it's not your heart. It's, it's just that burning of the esophagus. Stomach acid has gotten where it shouldn't be. So one of the main root causes, ironically, may be too little stomach acid, which in turn can, can actually contribute to an overgrowth of bacteria then in the small intestine. So there's also actually a strong connection between H. pylori. If you've ever heard of H. pylori, it is a sort of like a bacteria that gets overgrown and they found that there have been in your stomach and they found that there's a link between H. pylori and GERD. So this balance, it's its really an imbalance in specific bacteria. So again, this goes back to gut health. So when you're eating and you're not making enough stomach acid and you're not making enough digestive enzymes to digest your food properly, your food is going to sit ferment, not feel good. It's not going to feel good in your stomach. You're not going to be digesting it. You're going to get bloated. And that's what causes that pressure. What, you know, what what could cause this low stomach acid? A lot of things, <laughs> most notably, da, 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 stress. Um, stress really inhibits our digestive processes, as does under eating and over exercising that form of physical stress, too, because 
when your body doesn't have like in a poor diet. So when your body doesn't have enough resources, like nutrients to make these enzymes, your body isn't going to secrete enough for your food to be properly digested. And it's even not just like what we're eating, but how we're eating. So this is why, you know, Nutritional Therapy Association always drove home to its students, like eat in a parasympathetic state, because if you're eating in this fight, fight or flight state, which most of us are, and most of us are in so much of the time, we're not actually digesting our food. If you're eating at work and you're pissed, like I get it. It's a stressful week for me this week. And like, it's very hard for me to like eat because, you know, even this morning I had a little bit of IBS, although I have ideas about why that is um, and I'm experimenting with that. But like I had a little bit of upset stomach and it's just because it's very hard to digest your food. It's hard on your body when you are in stress. And we can kind of see like why that would be the that way biologically, because if we're stressed out, should we be sitting down and enjoying a meal? No, we should be resolving that stress. We should be running from whatever's chasing us or, you know, figuring out how to resolve that stress, because that is life. That's our life or death. Um, Not like sitting down and having a meal. So I think gut dysbiosis has a lot to do with it. I think being tested for SIBO is really important. So SIBO is an an overgrowth of small intestinal bacterial overgrowth that can cause a lot of issues. You need to really test for H. pylori. That could be, you know, like resolve things um, or, you know, again, we're looking for root causes and that would be a really important root cause. Drugs only suppress the symptoms, so they only like push it down for so long and really take away like the the acid that you need to digest your food and guys also like digest bacteria so sometimes when certain people get sick and others don't like we wonder why that is it's because your body properly took care of like in our digestive processes our bodies take care of pathogens and bacteria and things that we're exposed to that could make us sick and so again we're we're pushing we're reducing the capacity of our body to be able to digest that and take care of us and digest food. Um, Overall, and also with proton pump inhibitors, just something to think about. The FDA only approved it for eight, an eight week use, but nowadays it's being prescribed for years and even decades. And that is just not healthy at all for your body it now you have completely inhibited something that's vital to your well-being and your digestion and assimilation of food um so treatment for like acid reflux and or the the most like some more severe form of it would be there has been some research on that a lower carbohydrate diet can be a powerful treatment this makes sense because we know that short chain carbohydrates and carbohydrates in general are what ferment and you know plant materials and all that that's what ferments in the gut and can cause issues so removing it for a set period of time can actually help because when when you're feeding those bacteria those bad bacteria they proliferate they you know they cause the bloating and all that stuff so you want to stop feeding them so a lower carbohydrate diet um, reducing, you know, refined sugars, grains, gluten, simple sugars, fructose, alcohol. Alcohol is a big one. Um, once you have recovered digestive function, a whole foods diet in low to moderate, low to moderate carbohydrate should be adequate to prevent reoccurring symptoms. Again, I also recommend getting some testing done to look at root causes. Nick's artificial sweeteners and sugar alcohols, they have no place. Don't even don't even go there. <laughs> Hold off on a prebiotic while you heal too, because again, we don't want to feed the bad bacteria. We want them to come back into balance. It's not about eliminating that bacteria. It's about bringing it back into balance. 
Um, and you can also supplement with digestive enzymes. So, and bitters too, digestive bitters. My husband takes digestive bitters. He's never had any digestive issues like this, but he does have, he's had SIBO before. And, um, in order to keep it at bay, he takes digestive bitters and that really helps his digestion. Um, and then also L-glutamine has been found to improve symptoms. So, okay. Any other things from you? No, that was great. I'm so glad that you went ahead with that explanation. I was like, hmm, this is succinct and educational. (laughs) Okay, so question number three is from Amantha. She says, best way to find new healthcare providers after moving states. I just moved to Nova, which, Amantha, I will hook you up with some recommendations. (laughs) But I would love to hear, because I know, Steph, you're just like moving around all the places. And one of my fears not fears, but like, it's very hard. Obviously, we have moved around a lot. And I'm always like, I'm never going to find anybody like, you know, X practitioner. Mm. And it's, it becomes, it's, it's, it's hard when you find your person. And now that we're here, I've found my, my people and I'm like, I'm never leaving, you know, because they take care of you and it's, they listen to you and they will do what you say. And that's priceless. So, um, or they work with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, what's mm-hmm. your strategy? And maybe you you don't have much of a strategy because you don't need much, but like, what have you kind <laughs> of been doing? Uh, very interesting. So I actually, I do have one recommendation. I moved to Boston and found an awesome gynecologist immediately. And I was like, wow. And I told people about this and they were like, wow, like, tell me. Actually, that reminds me, I have to write it down. There was somebody I was supposed to tell about this gynecologist. <laughs> you live in the Boston area and you're looking for a gynecologist, send me a DM on Insta and I will, um, I'll, I'll connect you. So um, I found this wonderful gynecologist on a website called ZocDoc. Have you heard of ZocDoc? No. Yeah, I'm going to open it right now so I can tell you all about it. But basically, it's like a platform for finding doctors. And it, uh, you like, you know, you create a, you create a profound stuff. But on the front page, it says find local doctors who take your insurance. So you can search for certain procedures you want done, certain conditions, certain kinds of, you know, fields or doctors. You put in your location. You can even put in time constraints like, oh, I need appointment today. I need an appointment in a month. Yada yada. And your insurance. Um, should you have it? And then you like find your care, and they have. Um, you know, the website is people who use ZocDoc write reviews of, of their doctors. Hmm. And so every single doctor, you know, like there's a rating and there's tons of ratings and reviews systems out there, right, for doctors. And when I was actually living in the UK and looking for a doctor, some doctors had a ton of reviews and some had none, but that's because the one who had tons of reviews were asking their patients to write them, right? And so it right. was always kind of hard to tell like who's getting reviews out of like a genuine feeling of enthusiasm. But doc, uh, ZocDoc, I, I really appreciate because like the website itself, not the doctor, but the website hounds you. It sends you emails afterwards and it's like, review your physician, tell us about your physician. Um, and then, it, you know, you get a slightly, I think a slightly more um, like equal or balanced set of reviews because some people are like, okay, fine, I have 30 seconds, I'll figure it out, even though I don't have anything particularly awful or great to say, right? You get like a little bit more of the spectrum of experience and people like write like a paragraph about what it's like to work with them. And I found this gynecologist, honestly, I think it was the first one I even looked at. Um, And I was just like, yes, because they were very highly rated. They were in, they were like right down the street from me, right? They, um, she had, uh, open appointments, right? And I read some descriptions and people talked about uh, like her general approach to health, how she, um, you know, 
was a part of medicine, but was, you know, nutrition forward, was open to alternative practices. And when I worked with her, she was awesome. She was like, look, something I really think is important is working with people with their way of um, managing or relating to their bodies that they're on. So I try to meet them where they're at. If they're into acupuncture, I meet them there and I bring my recommendations, but I still like, I get involved in where I was like, that's so cool. That's a wonderful approach. Um, yeah. So anyway, so I used ZocDoc. It's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com. Um, and I, I have only done it once, but I had a fantastic experience. Um, actually, I may have found my dentist on here too. No, I didn't. No, I did. I did. I did. I found my dentist on here too. And they were also great. So, um, yep, that's, that's my thing. I have the thing that will help you sleep or go back to sleep when you wake up in the middle of the night and it is 50% off. Yes, it's CBD oil and it is my go-to when I'm anxious, stressed, or my head is spinning in the middle of the night and I can't sleep. I love Feels CBD oil. I found Feels a little over a year ago. I started experimenting with it and it's given me so much peace now. Knowing that I have that if I wake up in the middle of the night and it will help me go back to sleep. Feels uses 100% organic MCT oil as the carrier oil to stabilize and increase CBD's bioavailability. Their products are formulated with only the purest ingredients and without the use of fillers, flavors, or unnecessary fluff. CBD oil naturally helps to reduce stress, anxiety, and pain and sleeplessness. And the way it works is that CBD interacts with your endocannabinoid cannabinoid system. So just like we have receptors for dopamine and serotonin, we also have receptors for cannabinoids. And these receptors act like traffic cops to control the level and activity of neurotransmitters. It is not addictive and there are no psychoactive properties. It couldn't be easier to use. Just place a few drops under your tongue, hold it there, swallow, you will feel the difference instantaneously. The best way to get high quality CBD oil at a discount is to become a Feels member. That gives you 30% off, which is huge. I'm a Feels member and I have the 2400 milligram bottle shipped monthly. Yes, I recently upped my dose. There's no shame in that. If you've tried CBD oil before and it didn't work, it's probably because you weren't taking enough. With our special code, you actually get 50% off your first order. So become a member today by going to feels.com forward slash wellfed and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. They also have CBD mints and you can subscribe to those as well and get a discount. Again, that's feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com forward slash well-fed to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. So I, hmm, I guess there's a number of ways that I try to approach this. First, I try to find a Facebook group that is within my area that's like either holistic or crunchy moms or whatever so that I can kind of. St- oh, that's great. Like, that's hang- smart. Yeah, just hang out and watch people talk. I don't really ever post much, but I do use the search function and I see what people are saying about um, other practitioners or how, you know, e- e- it's even nice to kind of see like somebody texts me, a friend texts me this week. And she's like, hey, what do you think about X when it comes to kids and dental health? And I was like, you know what? I don't really have an opinion on that procedure. But I do know that like second opinions are sometimes helpful. And there's this Facebook group where I know that a lot of moms who like want minimal 
you know, want minimal invasiveness or like invasive procedures for their children or are open to second, you know, opinions, sometimes we'll discuss like, hey, this doctor or this dentist said this. Does anybody have somebody I can get a second opinion from? Or have have you been to this doctor and they've said this? And sure enough, people come in and be like, oh, yeah, it's well known that that dentist is really, really for X, you know, procedure. And I'm whatever it is, like, you know, how some some way of dealing with cavities or something like that, like go to this dentist and see what they say. Some She may say the same thing, but she may take a different approach to it. So to me, it's helpful to see those conversations because as a mom, it's very overwhelming when you are in charge of two humans and trying to figure out like how to take care of them. And so, I, you know, there's a lot that happens. And sometimes when you're you hear things from doctors and it's like, oh, this is the way to do it. You're like, but is it? You know, and so you would just want to be heard. You just want to get other opinions. And I think that's perfectly okay. So I ended up finding the people who delivered Maverick, the midwifery practice, all of that from this Facebook group. I wanted to find somebody who could do an unmedicated birth, you know, in a hospital setting and um, interviewed them and felt great. And it was a it was great. You know, it was, it was a good experience. And now I highly recommend midwifery care if you can for like I haven't been to a gynecologist in a very long time because I just go to my midwives. Right. They've just kind of taken care of me and they actually do women's wellness, too. So um, and that's where I got a lot of my testing done after kids like, hey, can I have a full thyroid panel and can I have just some nutrient? Can you just what free blood work can you do for me? You know, what What can we get that's just like paid for insurance, all the things so I can just have that information. And so that's I do it now through the, the midwifery women's health um, clinic, even though like I'm not pregnant, not planning on having any other children. So that is kind of what um, I go to now as like a first defense. And then the second place is I. It's hard. It's really hard. And there's a few places in the States um, that actually I think people are catching on. And especially in this area, it's become pretty like well known that people want holistic functional care. They don't want the standard. I go into the doctor and the doctor tells me here's, you know, just like your experience when you were younger, here's some medication or, oh, you're constipated or whatever and be brushed off. And so I do feel like it's starting to change somewhat, but you got to dig. And that's hard. It's really hard. So that's why I think the Facebook groups are really helpful because these people have already been, you know, people will come and honestly share their experience when they've seen doctors. Um, there's a Lyme disease is very, very like widespread in this area. I live in like a very tick heavy zone. And so finding like a Lyme literate doctor, it's like you can Google search and dig and start looking for reviews and then try to see search that doctor in these Facebook groups to see if anybody else has opinions. So that's kind of what I do is like, you know, holistic dentist, pediatric dentist, or like biological dentist. Like I kind of find the keywords, I search, I look at the reviews, then I'll try to search in these, you know, holistic area groups or holistic mom groups and see if anybody else has said anything about them and then just try to get the reviews. And even when I'm not looking for doctors, if somebody's like, oh, I just went to this ER and they were so great because ERs are are difficult. And I get it. If it's an emergency, you need to go to the closest one. But also sometimes like 
if it's not an absolute rapid emergency, but your your local whatever urgent care is saying you need to go to the ER, you should probably get this looked at. Like, I'm not an if if I, you know I can go 20 minutes either way. I want to go to the one that is going to be you know more friendly to my child and is you know taking is like more respectful of the parents and all that kind of stuff. So I um. Whenever I see information in these Facebook groups, you know, come up or a recommendation or, oh, we just went to this, I have a note on my phone and I write it down. Um, when I was having that eyelid dermatitis, I went to the Facebook group and I was like, allergist. You know, I just looked at people's experience with allergies. And sure enough, this woman was so friendly. She was very, she was wonderful. And she was like, you know what, Noelle, I think you're just, I think it's in a specific ingredient. She's like, I could do all this allergy testing on you, but I don't think you need it. I think all you need to do is just take the things that you've been using close to your eye and spot test, remove it all. Like, here's how you do it. And so like, it was very like little to no, there was no invasion. She told me my options, but was like, you've got this, you can figure this out. And if you don't, like, we're here to help. But I love that because, you know, I could have gone to the wrong allergist and not the wrong, but a different allergist who would have been like, yeah, let's get you in for allergy testing. And I would have been like, oh, okay. Um, So anyway, I do find that it's just a little bit of everything. It's a little bit of using the right terminology. So looking for functional medicine practitioner or holistic doctor and seeing what comes up and looking at all these reviews on Google and kind of comparing them and then taking it then another level and kind of looking at either a paid site, a paid review site and or um, a, a Facebook group. And, and that's kind of where you can get good some good insight. That's my process. So last question is from Rini. She says, what are your tips on eating while traveling, specifically abroad? And then there's a question from Jody about just tips for living with a compromised immune system. So how do you work and go out and do things and all of that kind of stuff? So I know neither of us have a compromised immune system at this time, but I do think it's can fit well into like a, um, you know, travel tips. A general discussion about managing your needs in the public sphere. <laughs> um, but not at home. Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, so starting actually off with that question that, the you know, I, compromised immune system can mean a lot of different things, right? And there can be different degrees of severity. And I have no idea like what specific health conditions to which you are referring. So I won't reflect on them, but I will say for all of us, generally speaking, what we something that we can practice, something that we can work on doing is a understanding what we need. And sometimes it takes experience. Sometimes it takes <laughs> pretty much hundred percent of the time it takes trial and error. Mm-hmm. Right? Figuring out what we need to be physically safe. To what degree we are willing to risk that in certain scenarios. Right? And also what we need to be emotionally safe, which they you might think that they're identical, but they're not always right. Because I can think in my head, like very rationally, like my physical safety, I have X amount of risk, I have X amount of this, like this makes complete sense, I should be able to go do this thing. Right. But for whatever reason, like I'm going to worry about it the whole time. Right. And if I'm going to be worrying about something the whole time, I'm either going to figure out a way to not worry about it, or I'm not going to do it because that's not fun for me or anybody, right? Um, like, for example, if I'm kind of on the edge of a something that might be a migraine or I feel like I might be, like the conditions might be, uh, if I go out that night, 
Like, am I going to, am I going to be worrying about it the entire time? Like, is there going to be a sneak attack? You know, something like that. So like there's, there's physical safety and then emotional safety and, uh, and understanding the relationship between the two in, in oneself, I think is really helpful. And then trying and erroring, <laughs> figuring it out. And then of course, the second piece for that is making it happen, right? So if it is not available to you, what you need to be safe, say it's like, I don't know, some amount, like a certain amount of people in a room or a certain amount of distance or a certain amount of hygiene practices, what have you. If that is not available to you, like A, can you bring things for yourself that will make it, you know, more safe? Or B, can you talk to whoever's organizing or however the event or what have you is managed about how to make that safe for you, right? So can you bring it with you? Can you make it happen there? Can you talk to the people about it? Uh, and it... Honestly, like it, it takes time to get comfortable talking so openly sometimes about things that you're dealing with. But the more you do it, the more you realize that people are, you know, quite receptive. You take somebody aside beforehand if you can. You know, it depends, again, on what kind of event it is. You take somebody aside. Um, you ask to have a quick call. You could always email or text. But if you're talking about something sensitive, my personal preference, I know this is crazy coming from an introvert, but my personal preference is to have a phone call <laughs> um, because uh, sorry, not to uh, make any blanket statements about introverts, but um, generally speaking, the, you know, you can get a much better read. You can interact in a way that we tend to like there is data that shows that people tend to read digital messages as uh, with a more negative lens than they're written. If they're neutral, we read them negatively. If they're negative, we read them more negatively. If they're positive, we tend to think they're neutral, right? So there's not always, we're not always great at interpreting texts. So I really like to talk to people in person or on the phone um, and just like speak what's going on for you. And is there something possible and what can I do to contribute? You know, what can I, what can I bring? What can I facilitate? That sort of thing. Um, and then you, then you figure out, you know, what you're willing to do and what you're not from there and be patient. And if you're in an environment and it doesn't feel good, like leave, learn, you know, take away some learnings, think about what you might have learned in that situation and then um, try again or try something similar. Right. Um, and, you know, I think it's, it's really easy to be, to fall a little bit into like, yeah, I can go ahead. I can do everything. Or like, oh, no, I can't leave the house anymore. Right. And uh, the world moves on and life moves on. Time happens. Right. And we want to be able to uh, live through time as, as, you know, again, as much as we are able. And so um, seeing it as an ongoing practice where if you find yourself in a place that puts your, you know, if you're putting yourself at risk in a way that's like a risk, <laughs> you you have to remove yourself so you can keep working on it, you know? So, um, so there's a whole lot of, you know, this dance of, you know, what situation should I be in? How do I get into them? Um, and you're on the side of protecting yourself, but keep moving forward, I would say personally. Um, and again, I haven't dealt with this maybe with similar things, you know? Um, and, um, hopefully that helps in terms of travel tips. Um, I would say just, I'll say generally, since I talked about that for a while, I just, I really believe in, um, knowing what you need and, you know, making it happen, bringing it with you, buying it there, uh, or being, if you don't have anything that you have a particular health need for, you know, I'm going to be in France in a week and I am absolutely having croissants every day, you know, <laughs> like that's, that's going to be how I'm going to eat. And that's like, to you know, that's totally cool. Cause that's not something that's going to throw me off long-term. Uh, and so there's definitely like ebb and flow and you just, you 
figure out what you need, the degrees of compromises you're willing to take in what regard. Think of you know, how about how you'll feel after physically and emotionally. You know, you're going to eat something. It's, de- it's definitely very important um, because I do really enjoy the physical pleasure of eating things that are fun, but also um, it's short term. And so I am aware of that when I am trying to decide how I'm going to be spending my time. So uh, I'll just say that very briefly since uh, I want to hear what Noel has to say. I don't have much to say, much to add. You kind of handled it. You handled wow. it. I, I would just say, like, the only thing that comes to my mind is the tips, because the guys haven't been abroad since, I don't know, college. So uh, tips for living with a compromised immune system. <sighs> you just have to, like, know what works for you and not apologize for it. Like, if you can't, if mm-hmm. you have to leave in the middle of something, you don't need to feel bad. Stop pushing yourself and trying to, like you know, please people, you don't have to please people. So if, if you get to the place where, and you're like, cool, I can, I can handle this. And then you realize, no, I can't, or, um, I need to show up late or I need to leave early. Then you can, of course, set that expectation, tell the person, whoever you're meeting, but also don't feel like you keep, you have to keep pushing yourself to do or to be, or to like, Mm. whatever, be perfect, look perfect, wear the perfect thing, like just show up and be you, but also don't apologize if you need to leave or, do you need to make decisions that are right for you? So, um. yeah, I like that a lot. And surround yourself, if you can, with people who will encourage you to do that, who will like applaud you. I, I try to surround myself with people who, when I'm like, you know what, I got to go to take care of my own flourishing, they're like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody mm-hmm. go take care of your own flourishing. Like, that's what we're here for, you know? And um, exactly. so, yeah, I'm a big fan of, of seeking out those environments too. Yeah. Okay, that is it for us this week. For more from Stephanie, stephanie.ruper on Instagram. For more from me at coconuts and kettlebells on Instagram. Thanks for being here, guys. We will talk to you next week.